Well, welcome to week two of our new series we're in called The Fan. Last week was awesome. We had, if you weren't here, we had Jersey Sunday. Everybody was wearing their favorite NFL jersey. And we're taking this series. We're talking about what it means to be a fan in uh, life and the sports that we love and how we translate it into God and the kingdom of God. So today we're going to talk about words. And how many of you know that like every team uh, in the NFL has like a certain language? Like when people say who day, I'm still like, what is who day? And who are we talking about? And like, what does it mean? You know, I'm still trying to figure it out. But every Every football culture, every team has a certain language to it, and the kingdom of God also has a language. And so we're going to talk about how uh, to use our words in a powerful, powerful way. And, you know, um, like I said last night, I was just up, and, you know, yesterday was a long day. We had Fall Fest, and we got up early, and we got home late, and, um, but I had this energy that was coming from the Holy Spirit, and I knew it's because God wanted to do some special things today, and, uh, and so it's going to be a good day. So let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for words, and uh, thank you, God, for the power that are behind the words that we speak, and I pray that today you'd give us a understanding that comes from heaven about the words that we speak and how we use them. God, that we could glorify you with them. God, we love you, and we thank you for your wisdom now. In Jesus' name, and everybody agrees. Said? Amen. Amen. How many remember the statement, sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Oh, come on. That was weak. Say it. And what? Words can never hurt me. Okay. But the reality is this. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but I will say this. Words can break your heart. Words can ruin your life. Words can hurt other people. Why? Because your words have power. Uh, Proverbs chapter 16 verse 23 says this, the heart of the wise instructs his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. Meaning this, somebody that's wise knows how to direct his lips, knows how to direct his mouth, knows how to direct the things coming out. Verse 24, pleasant words are as honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Isn't that amazing how words can be health to your physical body? Because God intended for you to have an understanding that when I speak out words of life, there is power. When we get a revelation and an understanding in our hearts and our souls that when I speak out, I'm not just speaking out random words into the atmosphere, but I'm speaking out life and death. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says this, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it, meaning you can either love life or you can love death. You can love the words of life that come out of your, li- out of your mouth, or you can love the words of death that come out of your mouth. You know, I've been a pastor, you know, for 17 years now. And I've had so many different conversations with people, you know, and I could go up to somebody and go, man, I'm so excited. God's for you. Oh, you know, brother, I know he's for me, but I haven't seen him in a while, you know, and I'll go, well, I know God's a God that restores and he's a God that renews and he's a God that blesses. Well, I sure hope he does it soon because I haven't seen it in a while. I mean, you could tell somebody, hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars and go, oh, brother, we'll see it when it comes. You know, I mean, like no matter what you speak, speak to them, they're going to what? They're going to speak something negative back to you. There's some people, they just love speaking negativity. They love speaking words of doubt, 
They love speaking words that aren't faith-filled. They're just so used to and accustomed to not understanding that the words that are coming out of their mouth has power. God shows us this. You know, Genesis chapter 1 and 2. God is using what? Words to create. God's using words to bless. God's using words to prosper. God's using words to give authority, okay? So God didn't, you know, just create the the world, but when he spoke, he spoke a word and it said, let there be light, right? He's speaking. So God's shown us from the very beginning of the Bible that when we speak, we can speak out words that are full of life and full of God. But we see the same thing in Genesis chapter 3. What is the enemy doing? He's using words to manipulate Adam and Eve to believe what? That God is a God that withholds. He's trying to show them that God is not with them, that God is withholding from them, that God is holding back from them. So in the same way that God used words to create and to bless, the enemy is using words to what? Rob, steal, and cheat. Amen? Okay? So the words that we have and the words that we speak out constantly have life and death behind them. I wrote this down. Words can build up or words can tear down. Words can bring forth great things or they can destroy lives. Words bring joy. Words are seeds. You know that sometimes when you speak a word, it's a seed, and God's going to come and pour out his grace and his goodness upon that word that you spoke over somebody's life. It's a seed. I wrote this down. Words are carriers, okay? When you speak, you're carrying the kingdom of God in what you're speaking, okay? So when I speak, somebody, you know, when I tell somebody I love them, okay, because I do it all the time. You know, I'm a hugger, and I tell people I love them. Even when I first meet them, I'm like, hey, I love you. And they look at me like, are you crazy? What's wrong with you? You know, who are you? Okay, I don't know if I want to be next to you. But I remember, I'll never forget, that first Sunday that Shannon is at our church, I remember I grabbed him. I was like, I love you. I hope I see you next week. Why did I tell him I loved him? Because I know that my words carry the kingdom of God. My words carry not my love, but God's love. Your words are carriers, okay? Your words are not just nebulous sound waves that disappear into thin air. Words can move mountains. Words are important, and they're full of power, okay? Um, You know, I want to ask you this question. What kind of things are you saying over your current life today? Okay. Are you saying things like, my kids drive me crazy all the time, my husband annoys me, when will things ever change, I'll never get a raise? What are the things that you're saying over your life consistently? What does the landscape of your life look like? Are you speaking words of faith, words of hope, or are you speaking words of doom and gloom over your life? Okay, I, I think sometimes, you know, Our words, sometimes I believe there's days that it lines up with the Word of God, okay? Some days our words are full of the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. What's one of those last things it says at the end? Self-control, right? So some days our words are lining up with what the promise of the Word of God says, but then there's other days that our words are lining up with lust and anger and ego and selfishness and doubt and strife jealousy. It's like we're on a roller coaster with our words. 
And some days we're agreeing with the promises that God gave us. And how many of you know that when I speak out God's promise, he is faithful to perform what is in this book. Amen? He is faithful to the end. Okay? But we all know this. We reap what we sow in life. So some days I'm sowing God's promises and I'm reaping God's goodness. But there are other days that I'm sowing negativity. I'm sowing doubt. I'm sowing strife. I'm sowing unbelief. And I'll receive the same thing back. You know, I believe this, that this could be one of the most important things that you get a grasp on in 2016. And I believe the way that you end a year is the way that you go into a new year. And so for the Workmeister family, we always stress that we want to end the year on a high note. We want to end the year trusting God. We want to end the year. Some, there's a lot of times in the month of November that we'll sow an extra seed financially because we want to go into the new season blessed, amen, because we believe that. So what a, what a cool thing it could be for you at the end, coming at the end of this year to go, I'm going to get a hold of the word of God, and I'm going to get a hold of what it says about words. I'm going to get a hold of my lip. I'm going to get a hold of what I'm speaking out over my life. Mark chapter 11, verse 20. We'll throw it on the screen for you. It says this, In the morning, as they went along, they saw a fig tree withered from its roots. Peter remembered this and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Okay? So a few days before, they're walking along. Jesus is hungry. He sees a tree. He wants a piece of fruit. He goes up to the tree, and what does he find? Nothing. He just finds leaves. Correct? And so Jesus is upset, and he's angry at this tree. And this could be a whole nother message for a whole nother day. God doesn't want us to bear leaves. He wants us to bear what? Fruit, and fruit that remains, okay? And so Jesus speaks to this tree, and he curses the tree. Now, could you imagine being a disciple for a minute? You know what I mean? Like, you're just constantly following Jesus. Some days you're talking to demons. Some days you're healing people. You know, it's just, it's just a mixed bag. Who knows what's going to happen day by day, you know? And all of a sudden, you're with Jesus, and he's now talking to trees. You know what I mean? You're like, all right, God, uh, I guess we'll just keep going, you know? And so a couple days later, God's giving these disciples a living, breathing, personal moment with the power of words. They walk by the tree, and Peter goes, wait, I remember that tree. Do you remember a few days ago when Jesus spoke to that tree? He cursed that tree. And this tree is dead. It is withered. It is no more. Jesus is showing us what it says in verse 22. It says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, but does not doubt in his heart, believes what he says will happen, it will be done. It will be done. It will be done. Jesus is telling these disciples, he's telling these young boys, listen, what you speak and the words that you say, they matter. And they have power and they have life. I told this at first service. I said, listen, when somebody comes to me and we pray about healing, okay, I never go, God, if it's your will to heal this person, I, I, I pray that that would happen. No, I know God's will. It's all through the Bible. I'll give you scripture on scripture on scripture that says that God is a healer and a restorer. So when I pray for somebody, I'm going to pray what? Life. 
I'm going to speak life into them. I'm going to go, God, I thank you that in Acts chapter 10, it says that you went around doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed by the enemy. So I thank you in the name of Jesus that this oppression that is on this person, the sickness that is upon this person, has no right and no authority to say on them, and I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Amen? I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak because my words have power when I speak. You know, a couple years ago, we had a lady in the church. We always had um, prayer at the end of service. And, you know, Pastor Pat would invite me up and with some other people. And I'd, you know, stand up and just wait for people to come up. And I remember this lady came up. And she had a little bit of a limp. And she said to me, she said, um, um, not both of my legs are the same length. One is shorter than the other one. And she said, because of that, I have major hip issues. And my back is all whacked and out of line. And And she goes, I want to be healed. And I said, okay, great. I said, do you believe you can be healed? She goes, absolutely. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. I love people that come with faith. And so I said, let's do this. I said, you sit down in this chair, okay? And so she sat down in the chair, and she put her legs out. And sure enough, one was shorter than the other leg. And I said, okay. I said, this is what's going to happen. I said, I'm going to command your leg to grow in the name of Jesus. And it's going to grow right in front of you. And I said, are you ready for that? She goes, oh, I'm so ready for this. You know what I mean? And so I go, I said, I mean, literally 30 seconds. I said, God, I thank you that you're a good God and you heal. And I said, I command this leg in the name of Jesus to grow out right now. And sure enough, it went pop, boom, right out. And I go, all right, stand up with me. She stood up and she goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? She goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I go, what's happening? She goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, my leg grew. And I said, I told you it would grow, didn't I? Because why? When I speak, I'm a carrier of the kingdom of God. He's given me authority, and I choose how I use these words to speak over somebody. So I wasn't, I wasn't surprised when her leg grew up because I know this is God's will. This is God's desire. This is God's best. Okay? A couple weeks ago, um, we have three boys, if you don't know. We have a oldest, my son, Michael. He's 11. And then we have a middle one. He's seven. And then we have a little one. Too. So please pray for us. We have lots going on uh, in our house. And our middle boy, he turned seven. And this was a few weeks ago. And the other night, me and my wife, Jess, we were talking. And, you know, one of the hardest things about having little ones, and if you have little ones or you've had little ones before, you know it is the whining, the crying, the breakdowns, the meltdowns. And uh, Ben, my middle one, is just like the king of meltdowns. You know what I mean? It could be like 10 o'clock at night and be like, why can't I have Mountain Dew? I just need a little more Mountain Dew. And I'm like, no, you can have water. Water is horrible. Why did God create? create water, Dad. I don't understand this, you know? I mean, he's just like our meltdowner, okay? And yeah, I was that too growing up. So I'm just reaping what I sowed, okay? So, so me and Jess were talking about Ben because in the last few weeks, he hasn't really had any meltdowns. And he's been like super good and he's been super obedient and he's actually gone to bed when he told him to go to bed and we're like praising God and we're like, you know, I'm thinking to myself like, is it just like seven? Is this magical, like perfect number from God and he's just going to mature and things are going to be good? And, and my wife just said this to me. She said, you know, the Lord talked to me a few weeks ago and she said, he said, speak words of life over Ben. He said, I want you to encourage Ben. I want you to 
speak out the good things about Ben. I want you to speak to his potential. I want you to speak out what I think about Ben. And she said, you know, for the last two weeks, I've just been working my hardest to not freak out and to speak out life over Ben. And isn't it amazing when we start using words of encouragement and life and love, all of a sudden, how quickly his attitude changed, how quickly his viewpoint of life changed, how quickly maturity came up inside of him. Why? Because words truly, truly have power. Now, words can also um, come in different forms. Sometimes words aren't the words that we speak, but the words that somebody else speaks over us, correct? And there's times that people will speak words over our life, and they're not always words of life and hope and encouragement. If you think back into your past, I'm sure we can all have moments that we can remember times that somebody spoke something negative over us. And the enemy loves to use people that we are close to to speak something maybe negative or something that's full of doubt over our lives to get us to what? To doubt our call, to doubt our identity. You know, there's been four times in my life by pastors of all people that I can remember exact things that they spoke over my life. When I was 13 years old, my uh, I grew up my grandparents, and um, my mom and dad split up when I was young. Uh, my grandfather passed away when I was 11, and my grandma passed away when I was 13. And uh, I'll never forget I'm at church, and um, I'll never forget I heard my pastor talking to some other people in our church. And they were talking about me, and I don't completely remember the conversation, but they were talking about, you know, my mom and dad are split up, my dad's gone, my grandparents have passed away now, and um, and they were talking about my future, and I'll never forget this. The pastor said, yeah, Jeff will probably just end up working at a gas station someday. And he didn't know I was around. And I heard those words, and they struck my heart. And it struck my identity, and it struck my core. Years later, um, I did an internship program in uh, Chicago area where I grew up. And I did it for three years, and we were coming to the end, and me and my wife were about to get married, and we felt God calling us to go be youth pastors in Mississippi, uh, Pittsburgh, Mississippi, if anywhere in the world, you know. And um, I'll never forget, I'm sitting down with my intern pastor, and I told him, I said, yeah, I said, you know, we're going to go take this job. And he said, you know, I just don't think you're ready. I think you need to stay here, and I need you uh, to be an associate youth pastor with us for a while. And he goes, I want you to pray about it. And so I went and I prayed about it, and I asked the Lord, and the Lord said, no way. That's not my plan. I have a plan for you. You're going to Mississippi. And so I went back, and I told my intern pastor, I said, you know, the Lord's telling me it's time to go. I need to go. I need to be faithful to what God's calling me to do right now. And he said, you're completely wrong. I don't support you. We're actually not going to let you graduate. Just remember all my intern friends, they all graduated. They wouldn't let me graduate with them. He said, I don't, I don't believe in it, and I don't believe in where you're going right now. A couple years later, um, I'm a youth pastor in Mississippi. we leaving a job. I'm having my exit interview. Oh, dear Jesus. <laughs> We're having our exit interview on Christmas Eve. And our pastor, I'm sitting there talking to him. And he, remember, he looks at me like we're just about to say goodbye. Like it's Christmas Eve. I'm just like, we're parting ways. We're about to get on an airplane to go back uh, to Ohio here. And he looks at me and he goes, Jeff, he goes, I want you to know something. He goes, 
you should probably never speak again. He goes, you could be a great creative pastor. You got a great anointing on you for that, but don't ever speak in the pulpit again. You're just not anointed to do that. And I was like, okay, great. Merry Christmas to you too. I'm going to go kill myself right now, but uh, yeah, you have a great day, all right, you know? A few years later, youth pastors, been at this church for like six years. We love our senior pastors. We're having this meeting about what do you see yourself in the future? And I, you know, speak out in faith. Hey, you know, I feel like God's calling me to start a church someday, that God's telling me this is what I'm going to do with my life. And he looks at me and he goes, Jeff, that's great, but you just don't have the gifts that you don't have the leadership. You don't have the anointing. Just stay in your lane. Keep doing what you're doing. Just be a youth pastor as long as you can. Isn't it amazing how the enemy will take any opportunity to speak a word of death, to speak a word of negativity, to speak over your life and to try to get your identity to look like what he wants your identity to be. But aren't you glad that you serve a God that sees bigger and better and greater than what the world sees, amen? Okay, God didn't see that. You know, just um, a couple weeks ago, we were uh, hanging out with some people in the church that we love dearly. And um, we were talking after a, a small group, and this individual said to me, he said, you know, um, I was praying for you uh, the other day uh, at work, and I was like, really? I'm always like, okay, yeah, I'd like to know what like, God's saying, you know, please, you know, please let me know. And this individual said, um, I heard the God say, you know, what do you think about Jeff? And he goes, well, what do you think about Jeff? <laughs> then God says, well, what do you think about the church? And this individual goes, well, what do you think about the church? And I'm like, well, tell me, please, what's going on right now, you know? And he goes, well, I believe that Jeff is great. And he said, when I, the Lord said to him, he said, when I see Jeff, I see thousands, and I see thousands, and I see thousands. And when I see this church, I see thousands, and I see thousands, and I see thousands. And this individual looked at me, and he said, I want you to know, Jeff, we believe in you. Just one word. Just one word. Just one word, but that word was so full of the life of God, so full of the kingdom of God. When we use our words and we use them with life, you have no idea what it means to somebody. You have no idea the hope you have no idea the joy. You have no idea when you speak words of life over somebody what it means to somebody. Because our words are full of life and power. So we're going to do something today. We're not done, but I want you to stand up, okay? I want you to stand up. Matt, if you could come on up and uh, play behind, that would be great. We're going to speak out God's word over our life today. Amen? Okay? So look at your neighbor and say, don't get awkward or weird right now, okay? Okay? We're going we're gonna to use our mouth. We're going to speak out some stuff. And we got we to gotta use some energy this morning, okay? We got to use some passion this morning. Yeah, thank you, Adam. Come on now. Yeah! That's what I'm talking about. You ready, Matt? You find your pick? All right, here we go, okay? You know, there's something about praying out the Word of God, Okay? Woo. Woo. All right, here we go. This is what God thinks about you. Amen? 
And what God thinks about you is that you are mighty and strong. What he thinks about you is that he has a hope and a future. What he thinks about you is blessing and favor and goodness. What he thinks about you is healing and restoration and strength. This is what he thinks about you. So when we pray out the word of God, we're praying out God's perfect will over our life, and we're speaking out God's powerful word over our life. And so that's what we're going to do today. Is that cool? All right? So I want you to say this with me. Say, I am. Oh, let's do it better. We got, we got better than that today, okay? Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. When the enemy comes in your life and he tells you that you're a failure, he tells you God doesn't love you, he tells you that you've got too much junk in your life, you've got too much junk in your past, you know what you say? Guess what, Lord? Guess what, enemy? I am the righteousness of Christ. And sometimes I put my own name in there. I'll be driving down the road and the enemy will be coming against me and I'll go, Jeff is the righteousness of Christ in Jesus Christ. No, I said that wrong. Oh, my gosh. How did I say that wrong? All right, bring it back. Jeff is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we're going to try it that way. Say, I, now your name. <laughs> I know, it's like a trick question. Wait, what's my name? I don't remember my name. How did I forget my name? Okay, let's try it again. Say, I, your name, the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. Amen. Sometimes I say it and I don't even feel it. But I'm going to say it because I believe it. Amen. I'm going to speak it because it's what God believes. Say this with me. Say, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 37. You're a conqueror. You're a conqueror. You're not called to be the tail, but you're called to be the head. You're called to reign. You're called to be blessed. You're called to be a strong tower. You're called to be strength in this world. When the world is falling apart, they need to look at you and see the grace of God on your life and see that you are more than a conqueror in Him, in Jesus Christ. Amen? Because that's who He's called you to be. Say, I can. Oh, that was weak. Okay? Say, I can. Do all things through Christ Jesus. What does that mean? I can be the best at my job. I can be the best in my industry. I can be the best husband. I can be the best wife. I can be the best dad. I can be the best friend. I can be the best. Not because of my strength. Because of the strength that I received from my Lord Christ Jesus. I can do it through him. Listen, there are so many weeks where I'm like, God, what do I say? What do I say? And I just humble myself. Like I said in, at the beginning, in the middle of worship, 1 Peter chapter 5, I humble myself and I go, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? And all of a sudden, the unction, the strength comes. Because I can do it through him. God, listen. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I just want to explode right now. You have gifts that God put into your life. Bruce, I want you to understand. You have gifts in your life, gift sets that God put into your life that you're not accessing yet. You haven't tapped into those things yet. That job that you have, that is not God's best. That is not God's future. You know that as well as I do, don't you? God's put gifts and talents and abilities in you for such a time as this. 
Amen? Because he's for you. Say this. I am accepted in Christ Jesus. You're accepted. You're accepted into his kingdom. Do you know how excited he was when you woke up this morning? He said, that's my son. That's my daughter. I have such great plans for them today. I want to speak to them. I want to love them. I want to encourage them. I want them to know that I'm for them, not against them. You're accepted. You're accepted. You're accepted in what God's doing. Say this, I am forgiven. Forgiven. When I get an understanding of this and I can speak it out, you know, the Lord challenged me with this years ago. You know, when I would fail or would make a mistake or yell at my wife or yell at my kids and I felt like a failure, you know, the enemy would just, you know, tighten the screws and, and tell me how terrible of a dad I was. And the Lord revealed this to me. He said, every time you make a mistake, I want you just to quickly say, I am forgiven. Just say, I'm forgiven. As fast as you make a mistake is as fast as I want you to say, I am forgiven. Because you are 100% forgiven. Nothing more that you can do, son. You can just be my son. Just be my son. Just be my son. Be my daughter. Live in my grace. Live in my freedom. Live in my joy. I paid it all on the cross so you didn't have to. I never intended for you to walk with guilt and shame and condemnation on your life. I intended for you to live in victory because you are forgiven, son. Amen? I want to read this verse over your life. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Psalms 103, verse 1 says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With all of my heart, I will praise his holy name. Verse 2, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he has done for me. Let my lips never forget. Let my lips always be singing of the good things that God has done for me. I teach my boys this all the time. We'll be going to bed and we'll be praying and I'll go, guys, we're going to thank God for our house today. We're going to thank God for our food today. We're going to thank God for the gas that we had in our car today. You know, things that we just take for granted. But there are the good things that God has given us. God has filled our lives with blessing and favor. And I want to teach my boys, we're not going to forget about the good things. We're not going to forget what God has done in our life. We're not going to forget about how faithful he is. We're not going to forget what the word of God says. We're going to let our lips be close to what God has said and what God has done. Verse 3 says this, He has forgiven all of my sins. He has healed me of all my diseases. A lot of you know this. A few weeks ago, my wife woke up, couldn't hear out of her ear. Her balance is all messed up. And so people ask me in the last few weeks, hey, how's your wife? How's your wife? And I'll go, she's great. She's healed in Jesus' name. Why? Because I know what the Word of God says. And I'm going to make sure that my mouth, our mouth, what we're speaking out is lining up with what God has promised. Amen? Sometimes you're not going to feel it. Sometimes you're not going to see it. But I believe 100% that my wife is already healed. It's just a matter of it manifesting in her body. But it will manifest. It will happen in Jesus' name. 
but I'm going to speak it long before I see it. Verse 4, he redeems me from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercy. Verse 5, he fills me with life, with good things. My youth is renewed like eagles. Strength. Strength. What's your name? What's your name? Megan. He wants to renew your strength. All service, I've been seeing that. Just strength. Strength. I don't know what you've gone through, but he wants you to be full of strength, full of his grace, full of him. Amen. Grab a hand today. We're going to pray. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? God is so good. Father, we just worship you. We worship you. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you, God, for the word of God. We thank you for the truth of the word of God. We thank you for showing us and revealing to us the power that we have when we speak in Jesus' name. Father, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit right now in the next days and the hours and the weeks and the months to come that you would help us to see and help us to reveal to us what words are coming out of our mouth, how we're using our words, and how we would change our words from negativity, how we change our words from doubt, how we change change our words from strife, but to change them into what you say about our wife, to what you say about our husband, to what you say about our relationships, but what you say about our job, what you you say about our kids, what you say about our future in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for revelation. We thank you for the word. We honor you, God. We honor you for the word of God today, and we praise you for it. Now we love you. We love you. We love you. And everybody agreed, said, amen, amen. I want to encourage you with two things. The Lord just spoke to my heart. Number one is this. Some of you are in jobs right now and you've been frustrated about your job and you've been speaking negative things over your job and over your boss. And God says, stop, turn it around. I want you to speak life over your job. I want you to speak life over your company. I want you to speak life over your boss and watch how I turn things around in Jesus' name, okay? Number one. Number two is this, okay? Encourage somebody. Encourage. Look for an opportunity this week to encourage somebody. Don't let a moment pass by. I've been making this a new rule in my life. As soon as I feel like I need to encourage somebody, I'm going to grab the phone. I'm going to text somebody. I'm going to call somebody. I, I'm, I'm not going to let that moment pass by and forget about it. I'm going to get on it, and I'm going to encourage because that is God wanting to speak into somebody's life. You you are vessels of the Holy Spirit. Let it come out of your mouth this week in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Come on, can we give it up for the Lord this morning? He is so, so, so good.